0: What's up, MMA fans? You are listening to MMA Daily, the station, giving you the latest news in the world of mixed martial arts. And do we have news for you this week on episode BBNE, Bellator's biggest night ever. But before we start, we will introduce our host. I am Kayla Beatty, aka Fangirl MMA. You can find my work at Fangirl underscore MMA Monday. I have to introduce our Man Crush Monday, Man Crush every day. Gabriel Gonzalez, G, how you doing?
1: Oh my gosh, is this how you feel every week? I feel so special.
0: <laughs> I can finally <laughs> express myself on a Monday.
1: Oh my gosh! Well, thank you for all the love, Kayla. Hey guys, I am well. Kayla, I am so excited to talk to you today. There's just been so much going on, and um. You know, I, I genuinely try not to talk too much shop with you during the week. Obviously, we talk a lot off the air, but it's like, you know, sometimes I kind of have to save it because I want us to have, a, <laughs> you know, I want us to have a surprise on the show. But this week it was so difficult because there were so many pieces going on. So, um, yeah, I'm excited. We have a great show. I love that BBNE. So, yeah, it's going to be a ton of fun. What about you, though?
0: Yeah, I'm excited to talk this week about, um, like you said, we had two pretty big fight nights, of course, the press conference that everyone is discussing. Um, yeah, just lots to, lots to talk about, you know, what's coming up this weekend and in the next couple of weeks with the UFC.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, guys, we have a, like she said, we have a very stacked show, so we're going to try to just power right on through it. But of course, having the fun, we always do. Kayla, let's get it started. UFC Sao Paulo from Brazil. Kayla, this might have been arguably the best Brazil card of the year, and that's saying something. Just so many finishes, so many little storylines, even though it didn't have that, you know, quote-unquote major star. There was a lot of fun stuff. But the main event, Thiago Santos versus Eric Anders. Before we begin, I want to say something. Last week, I made a mistake. I was under the assumption that Eric was on the undercard. He actually took that fight cold turkey on Sunday. Super impressive. But Kayla, the fight itself, I saw on Instagram. You were a fan of this one. Give me your thoughts on the fight.
0: Yeah, I think, um, you know, like you said, just the storyline leading up to this fight made it really interesting. Eric Andrews stepping up and taking this fight uh, more last minute. I think within the week, And both men fighting, you know, um, at 205, which was something that Tiago Santos is kind of interested in in playing around with and seeing if he wants to make that transition into that new division. But the fight was just um, one that I thought thought pretty entertaining. The first two rounds were back and forth. Both men were having, you know, their moments. um, But. You know, just the experience of Tiago Santos, of of reading his opponent and seeing that he's getting tired, um, you know, knowing how to make him work with those takedown attempts. uh, That was really cool to watch. And then, of course, just I think collectively, a lot of us fans saw that Eric Anders is just very passionate about the sport. I love um, seeing someone come and transition from a different sport because he transitioned from football and just show us the heart that he has. You know, I think uh, he took a chance taking this fight. And it's just because he wants to test himself. He wants to show that he wants to be an active fighter. And I like how he says, you know, I think I was born in the wrong time. If I was born back in the day, I would have been a gladiator fighting, you know, in front of, um, you know, the giant crowd. So I I just I like his passion for the sport. And I think that he really displayed that it definitely had a kind of a funky ending, Obviously, he, uh, you know, got the TKO loss um, due to, I think, exhaustion. Um, But it it was just it was a very entertaining fight. And like you said, a really nice main event um, to entertain the rest of, of the evening and cap it off.
1: Yeah, I mean, for me, what impressed me the most was Eric's conditioning under the circumstances. He fought a great strategy, which was to close the distance, use the clinch, try to get takedowns and get on top of Thiago to take away the striking. And what impressed me was he was putting up a very good pace. Also, he took a lot of big shots early from Thiago, and he wore them really well. It looked like he was, I I would say he looked a bit like the fresher guy, especially even in that third round. But the thing that got the job done for Thiago Santos was just his physicality. He would just muscle his way back to the feet. He would just punish um, Eric with strikes throughout the round, and he would land those big shots. He'd always get that combination several times in the round that seemed to stagger Eric, even though Eric never really got knocked down. Um, That final sequence, though, Kayla, I would argue that was one of the nastier finishes. That was like Travis Brown, Josh Barnett with the elbows to knock him out in the clinch um Tiago just with all of those shots I know you said exhaustion I really think that Eric was you know pretty out of it I think it was almost you would consider a standing KO Eric just was not there anymore and I was actually very concerned when you see the cornerman and the cut man try to carry him to his corner and he's collapsing twice Personally, as soon as I saw him lay down, I was like, oh, this guy's done. I don't know why they're trying to, you know, bring him back to life. This is over. Call that fight. You know, what are you doing trying to actually get him back out there? So I was a little disappointed with how that was handled. But at the end of the day, the fight was stopped. And what I've heard is that he's doing all right. He just took quite a beating. And, yeah, I'm sure he was pretty tired, too, but. Yeah, Tiago Santos just showing why he's one of the most exciting guys at 185 and now possibly 205. That physicality, he really just... Usually you would say Just Gondraj maybe is the female Tiago Santos. No, I'd say Tiago Santos is the male Just Gondraj. That's how (laughs) tough this guy fights in my opinion. But Kayla, 185, 205, I know he teased after the fight that he still wants Jimmy Manoa, who's supposed to be his original opponent. But what about you? Who do you think should be next?
0: You know, I I think that if he wants to fight another fight at 205, um, I, I feel like that's a cool idea just because, you know, he made a good point because Eric Anders isn't a natural 205-er. Um, so... And I think he, yeah, he took. He said he took this fight because he wanted to test himself at that weight. He felt like he did really well going at least the three rounds into it. So I say give him another shot fighting, you know, someone um, in that division. Jimmy Manoa. Um, I don't know. I need to look at the rankings. G. Who, who else do you think? Do you think that Jimmy Manoa is um, jumping a little too far ahead?
1: Uh not particularly just because of the way two o five is set up. It's really kind of um really kind of bottlenecked. You have or Cormier at the top. There's not really anyone around yet. obviously we're gonna talk about the new player that got re-added to the game. But I think that Jimmy Manoa, he's a solid top ten guy. Tiago is a ranked middleweight moving up, and at a time when there's not a lot of elite guys. I think stylistically, it's a fight that makes sense. Um, now, for myself, I, look, the Jimmy Manuel fight, that's going to be bananas. Both of them like to get after it. So it's going to be one of those, you know, guaranteed fireworks fights. I love it. But I actually think Tiago has more upside at 185. Yes, I know that it's more of a murderer's row. The entire top 10 is just on it. But I think that Tiago's size and physicality, that's really the crux of his game he puts on that pressure and he is so much stronger than so many guys that it more often than not gets the job done I don't think he's going to have those advantages at 205 even against the lower level guys they're just a little bit bigger they're a little more naturally cut they're going to be more explosive he's not going to be able to do the things that make him so successful stylistically at 205 so I actually would rather see middleweight again I would love to see him and a guy like Paulo Costa or a Derek Brunson. Obviously, both of those guys are kind of booked. But those stylistic fights, I would love them for Tiago back at 185.
0: Well, we'll see what happens.
1: Yeah, it's certainly quite a lot. And, um, yeah, just top to bottom. I mean, you had Alex Oliveira taking guys out. You have a, a lot of other guys. Little Nog coming back from two years, getting the upset just a crazy night in brazil so a lot of fun stuff for fans who caught it kayla the action got started on friday though bellator 205 this one a lot of people are saying one of the best main cards of bellator this year i got to agree but it was headlined by a guy you and i know well aj mckee taking on john macapa and kayla i actually texted you friday night it was a lot of one-way traffic. AJ didn't need a lot of time to really take out this veteran, take out this tough guy, and make it look easy. What were your thoughts on the fight?
0: Yeah, I think this was a really good example of someone. Again, I think that there there's some of these veteran guys that have underestimated AJ, and I think the respect was there, but I think that um, as far as skill level, I don't think that Macapa – I, I just think he underestimated AJ's power to, to actually put him away because I think when they had that kind of uh, scramble and fury, he left himself, he put himself in dangerous waters, probably not thinking that AJ would be able to land something to knock him out. And because he hadn't been finished before. Um, and, and AJ, this was a great example for him to prove what he's been saying that he truly believes, you know, he is the new, um, uh just the new uh mixed martial artist the new guy that's going to take over this division so this was exactly the kind of performance that he needed to again um shut any doubters uh down and and I really think that they should give him a title shot i mean just because of his his record alone and what you know he's doing in bellator i think give the give the kid a chance
1: Oh, I'm with it. I like Coach Kayla coming out a little bit.
0: <laughs> um, for me, uh, I actually
1: feel John, John looked just overmatched in there. I think AJ, he's a young guy, but he's been doing this his whole life. And let's be honest, at 23 years old, he's seen guys like Anderson Silva, John Jones. You know, there's a template out there for how to be that unorthodox, long rangy guy and be so devastating with it. And I, he comes from a team that I know prepares him on the basics. I keep saying that about A.J. McKee. Yes, he can jump, he can spin, all that good stuff that looks flashy in highlight reels. But he sets them up with great basics. And I think that's what impresses me most about him as a young guy coming up. So I think that was it. I agree with you. I think John maybe underestimated it. Um, A.J. isn't known for being a one you know, one punch, one punch finish kind of guy. And I think that that's why John felt like he could stand in the pocket and really open fire a little more than he should have. Um, And that's what was his downfall. Uh, I agree with you, Kayla. I think that AJ, um, look, you do what you're supposed to when you're that guy. He was supposed to fight Pat Curran, former champion. John was kind of seen, you know, yes, a veteran, but underestimated and AJ did what you're supposed to do. He, he, was supposed to dominate him, and he went out there, and he smoked him. That is saying a statement, even though it's not going to get the credit because of the name value of John Macapa. Um, in terms of a title shot, we know that Patricio Pitbull is fighting Emmanuel Sanchez. I think I said the wrong challenger last week. I... But that's in November. And, Kayla, I want to say this. Patricio is very vocal on social media. He's not afraid to call out... Um, Darian Caldwell, Michael Chandler, AJ, Kayla, for the first time, AJ got that knockout. Patricio's pitbull went silent. I know. I think, I think that's saying a little bit of something. Now, I know, you know, they, they don't really like each other. He doesn't want to, you know, give him attention. But I think the silence spoke just as loudly, in my opinion. I don't see how you don't go to AJ. The only knock I know people have on him, his level of competition, he was supposed to get it. He can only fight the guys who are available in front of him. And I think that at 12-0, and 0, just test him already. I think that he's passed everything else. He's been developed very well by Bellator.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, if it, is, if it does end up that it's just a little too soon, well, he's still a young guy. He'll learn from any loss and get back in there, but... I think that he hasn't shown us any reason why he shouldn't get that shot. And I agree with you.
0: And I think if he did pick up his first loss, I think it's, you know, deserving that it's at least over a title shot. Cause like you said, he's been down to fight whoever they throw at him. It's not his fault that certain, you know, things have have happened to where fights have been pulled out. But I agree. Uh, you know, like you said, Pipple over the last couple of weeks has been very vocal and, the silence speaks very loud, in my opinion, too.
1: Yeah, it's just a lot of stuff. Also, I like to point this out whenever I talk about AJ and the team body shop. Um, when I've talked to guys like Baby Slice, Joey Davis, and um, I asked them, it's like, hey, you know, obviously it's a big family. You guys have known each other since you were all mostly really young. And the thing I've heard is that, you know, yes, Coach Antonio McKee does you know, keep all these boys in check, but said it doesn't change it. The coach's son does kind of have it worse. But they say it's because he knows he carries the dad's name. It's because AJ knows he's the 12-0 guy. He's the one that's been in Bellator the longest. And I think that while he may not show it, he actually does a good job of carrying that pressure and that, I guess, responsibility of representing them all really well. And I think that says a lot about this young man at this stage of his career. So, yeah, I think it'll be interesting now that he's at the top level and you never know. And I mean, we'll bring this up a little bit later. But I mean, right now it's almost looking like if Aaron Pico keeps winning, the biggest challenge for Body Shop is how they're going to figure out who fights for the (laughs) belt. I know. Yeah. Now, I've heard they say they have plans for that, but that's a conversation for another day, how they'll figure it out. Kayla, um something big happened on Wednesday. I don't know if you heard about it. Uh tell me if you heard this. John Jones you saw the suspension is going to be up
0: in October. Man, I think we texted about this as well. <laughs> like you said we there's just some things we had to discuss outside of the show. Yeah, um huge news, G. Uh, a lot's going on here. I've feel like why don't you set us up with at least the facts to kind of catch us up to where we're currently at and then we can discuss when we think we might see mr jones back in the octagon
1: gotcha well so he was handed a 15 month suspension that was the ruling and so it will be completed on october 28th so to explain it for fans who may not be familiar it served retroactively so he tested positive in july so technically this time off starts the clock starts ticking from back in july last year which is why it's going to be up essentially in a month now yes it that does mean that technically he is eligible to fight on november 3rd which would be ufc 230 madison square garden new york now the actual particulars of the case is that it was through an arbitrator and essentially to say there was a third party for Jones that proved that he did not knowingly take a substance however it is noted nobody could prove where that illegal substance came from that is just the facts now if you remember Kayla we talked about him in California against the Athletic Commission where I told you that they essentially cut him down to pieces California said they are gonna honor USADA's suspension they said if Jones pays a fine and does three months community service, he'll get his license back at on in October also if he does that. So, you know, Jones back to action very soon. The one controversy, though, is that some fighters have said that it looks like there's been a bit of preferential treatment. Guys like Leota Machida and others were given longer sentences mm-hmm. under different circumstances where people were like, you know, Jones has a history. These guys didn't. Why is this happening? So it isn't unanimously, you know, a slam dunk for John Jones. But the real question Dana White says that he's not headlining Madison Square Garden. It hasn't stopped the rumors from spinning. So, I mean, let's talk about this, Kayla. What's going on with John Jones? What do we think is going to happen? Or actually, before we talk about his future, just what do you think about the ruling to bring him back in October?
0: Well, I think like you're saying, a lot of people are saying politics are coming into play. And the two, I don't know, right now, the, the only thing that makes sense to me is that the MSG card and John Jones are, are going hand in hand. And I think they are in desperate need of a main event for, for that card who better than to have John Jones come in and, you know, really shake up this last quarter. And this is why, you know, certain people uh, will get this special treatment stuff is it's the politics. And even though some people don't find it fair, or like you said, some people will say the ruling was going to go a different way and things have changed. Um, I don't know. You hear about these politics coming into playing combat sports like this all the time. So, um, I, I don't really have too much of an opinion on it because it's just it is what it is. You know, those are the people making the decision. But I do think that the reason why we haven't gotten a announcement of the main event is I I do feel like it's John Jones um, versus Alex. And I think the reason why they haven't announced it is they're trying. We talked about this. We said when this news was announced, it was announced the day before the Conor and Habib presser. And we already saw a few people bringing this up saying that, oh, is the, the John Jones, uh, you know, return going to take over this press conference? I think the reason why they haven't announced it yet is they don't want to take any shine away from Connor and Habib, which is supposed to be the biggest card ever, or at least the biggest card of the year, the return of their star Connor. Well, if you announce a John Jones return and that takes away some of that shine, you know. You're, you have a problem here now selling Conor McGregor as the biggest star of MMA.
1: That's an excellent point. I'll be honest. It did not occur to me that they would worry about someone stealing shine from Conor McGregor, of all people. But that's actually a great point that I didn't think of. And yeah, that's certainly a great one out there. Um, in terms of the news, uh, my biggest thing I always say is like, look, that we... We can only talk about what they proved. They're saying a third party proved that Connor, or sorry, that Jones didn't take it knowingly. I, I always go back to it. If you're gonna do it for one, you got to do it for everybody. I don't care. Just or if you don't, I don't want to hear it. I don't want you know you to put it in promos. He was innocent. I think you got to skirt it under the rug because otherwise, I think you're almost insulting the knowledge of the fans, mm-hmm. us in the media, other people when you know you pull something like that look i'm happy john jones is back at the end of the day i would rather see him fight than not because i know how great a talent and a person he is that being said you got to test clean john plain and simple so i'm going to leave that at that i'm excited he's back i want the circumstances to be fair for everyone though and like you said you know it is what it is um Kayla, in terms of the Madison Square Garden card, I put this out there and the fans told me after all this, they would be disappointed if John doesn't headline. Now, my thing about it is that we, yes, technically he's eligible, but I would, and we might have to ask a few fighters or people we know about this, but I don't think you can actually sign for a fight when you're still under suspension. Now, how soon can you do it after and all that, et cetera? That is where I might need to talk to someone with a little more knowledge, but I think that could be a factor. Also, I threw this out there. I think that if they are going to announce it, what better way to get attention and to keep that momentum going than to announce it next Saturday during the Connor Habib broadcast. I mm-hmm. think that just makes it even bigger. It just funnels more money into UFC to do it. When they have the most eyes, casual or otherwise, watching. So, right. I think that'll happen. Um, I want to throw a bit of a curveball out there for you, Kayla, and I want to know what you think about this. Okay, let's say that John Jones just—it's re- too soon. He can't come back Madison Square Garden. I think that they're playing coy with this one, but it kind of crossed my mind. Maybe Max Holloway versus Brian Ortega.
0: Yeah, I was thinking that that would be the filler, too. But I thought that they that was rumored to be on a different card.
1: December, early December. But in my mind, I'm like, you, we're going to talk about it right now. They already added another title fight to that one. You know, it's Madison Square Garden. You need a big star on it. That Those are kind of, you know, by process of elimination... Those two might be the only ones available and they haven't put it in stone that they're gonna fight December. So that makes me think, hey, we might see a few things moving around and they're waiting for a surprise
0: also. Yeah, that should be one. And the thing, you know, because we still really haven't gotten at least I don't I don't haven't read anything on someone checking and giving us an idea of where Max Holloway's health is at. I don't even know if we ever got an answer of what was really wrong with him. But my the whole reason why I liked a December return is to make sure that we have a healthy and ready Max Holloway. But they need a, they need a, a main event, especially for an MSG. And I feel like every fighter wants to fight an MSG that I'm sure a Max Holloway, if he feels like he could do it, would jump on that card to main event it.
1: I agree. And also, um, I- I'll say this. The thing that really informs me is I feel like I'm seeing Brian Ortega talk to a lot of media. Mm. I see him out there talking to Brett Okamoto. I see him out there and it's like, you know, I know you're the young, you know, you're the it kid of right now. But what's going on, Brian? Do you have a little announcement for us? Right. But yeah, so that's what, that's my curveball. If it doesn't end up being Jones, but I do think that that is the front runner for a reason. He's from New York. It just kind of makes sense. Now, of course, Kayla, there was some other news going on Wednesday. Dana White announced in the midst of everything, Yana Yonjichik versus Valentina Shevchenko for the vacant flyweight title on December eighth at UFC two thirty one. That was the original Max Bryan card, or, or, or that is the plan as it has been told to us. Kayla, this comes less than a week after Nico was stripped from pulling a, uh, stripped of the title after pulling out a 228. And um, yeah, you know, Kayla, uh, let's say like it is. I know that we have some thoughts about it because we know several flyweight contenders but I think it's easy to say that Joanna gets this fight because she's the longtime strawweight champion, because she's still so highly ranked, and her history with Valentina Shevchenko, that it just seems like the easiest sell for a pay-per-view. It's the biggest names in the division to match up as of right now. Um, But I know you have some thoughts on it, so I want to toss it to you. What do you think about the fight?
0: Yeah, it is what it is. I understand that... You know, they want to get this division. They want to get the momentum going. They want the excitement. They want a fight that's going to sell. And this is the one that's going to sell. So it's not that I didn't want to ever see this fight. I just wanted to see this fight when Ioana is ready to stay in this division. Um, if she wins the belt, uh, defend it just as many times as she did her, her previous belt. I just didn't want it to happen to where, you know, she's kind of jumping back and forth between both divisions, just because I think, again, it's wasting the time of the natural girls in that division. Um, But I'm excited. It's booked. It is a fight that I wanted to see. I know it's going to be. A one hell of a fight i mean we're getting two ladies in their prime that are super dangerous and deadly and like you said have a past and history where they want to beat each other and they both want to be champions so um yeah i'm excited about it and actually i don't know that now now that it's booked i would have this is the fight that i want to see you want to um uh, this is the fight that I want to see for her first fight in this new division. I want it to be against Valentina. I don't know if I would be as excited about another person in that division um, who maybe would have the belt and then face a Ioana. I think that these two ladies, just with their styles and with their history, it makes an exciting and intriguing matchup.
1: Yeah, you know, for me... um, I, I know there's a lot of other girls. I think that there's a lot more dominoes that are gonna fall soon. Um, for example, I, I'm excited <laughs> to see Liz Carmouche booked. I know that you are too. Jessica I looks fantastic at 125. she really looks like a brand new person. Um, so you're you Nico mm-hmm. Yeah exactly. Andrea Lee who's um, coming back against Jesse Jess soon. So there are a lot of dominoes going to keep moving, but I think this was the one that's like, let's not have any questions. Joanna, people feel like she could have moved up and keep killing it because she looks so good at 115. Valentina, uh, people feel like she's just a different animal at 125. So it's a fun one. Stylistically, I don't know. I'd say that Valentina for the first time has an even more significant edge in physicality But joanna has been at the top so long for a reason, and I feel like she's only improved as a fighter probably since she fought Muay Thai against Valentina, so it's an exciting fight. They both have a ton of weapons. They have history. This is what makes a great rivalry, so I'm excited to see them throw down inside the cage now. But yeah, it's certainly fun stuff, Kayla. Obviously, that one for UFC 231 in Canada. So they are getting another great one. They always do a good job with those cards in recent years. We've seen Max Holloway. We've seen other people headline. So fun stuff. For sure. Kayla, there was another thing that happened on Thursday that I I keep seeing all these people post about it, but I was trying to watch reruns of my favorite show. So I don't know, maybe you saw it. Connor and this guy Habib had their first press
0: conference. <laughs> yes, and I know you were especially excited about this, and you've said you uh, what I don't know if you told me this on air or just last week when we were discussing, but you are someone that needed them to to really pump this up for you because it's supposed to be the biggest fight card of the year. So you really needed this press conference to get you excited. Did it do the job, G?
1: Um, B plus, I'm oh. gonna say that. that uh, <laughs> yes. So and um, I'll explain why. So obviously, by now, everyone has probably seen clips. Connor talked about whiskey every second that he could. As, you know, in his own words, absolutely nobody. Um, so really, the thing that stood out to me was the personal nature of Connor's comments. Before I get into that, um, you know, I think that there's something to be said about the cleverness of Connor. He's very entertaining. It's all that. It was different because there was no audience. It was only media who, you know, for fans who don't know, UFC and major promotions, when you go to cover them, you're supposed to be unbiased. Yes, I'm aware when these guys say something funny, but for the most part, they ask you to be impartial to not feed the beast, to not seem like you're taking favorites and all that because it's a business. You're trying to deliver news, not be, you know, put your own opinion on everything. That's not what the media is there for. So I think that led to a different kind of effect when you were watching it on TV or what have you. Connor was like an Energizer bunny. He didn't stop. But without Habib willing to play back with him much, it really became a little awkward. But, Kayla, the thing that stood out to me, the personal nature of Conor's shots. So he, let's say like it is, he took a shot at Habib, saying he took money from Magomedov, who was embezzling millions in Russia. He took a shot at Habib's manager, Ali, and the son whom he is late on his child support payments. I was, uh, look, Conor isn't afraid to say some controversial stuff. But I'm not going to lie, for this one, knowing they're on ESPN, I was actually a little surprised that he took these kind, this kind of approach for the fight with Habib. But what were your thoughts on everything as it played out? Well, he
0: sure did his homework, that's for sure. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that we, we expected him to take some low blows. Um, I, I do agree, I think, that maybe getting into – Um, I guess just talking about Habib and love for his country, or I guess loyalty to his country and stuff like that, that kind of made me feel a little uneasy about it. Um, just because I feel like, all right, we do know there are some dangerous, um, uh, people out there and you don't want to, uh, ruffle the feathers of the wrong people. But, uh, like you said, I think that it is difficult because here they're asking Connor to be, you know himself what we're used to uh you know this over-the-top personality witty throwing jabs at you come on entertain us for you know a half hour to hour long press conference and he's someone that's been very vocal about how he feeds off the energy of the audience so i i kind of feel like i could i could understand his frustration of not having the fans there it's like here you're asking me to deliver this over-the-top personality well I'm telling you that these are the things that help me get there and now you're shutting that down and like you said just kind of putting me in front of a bunch of faces that can't even react when I'm looking for a reaction and then you have his competitor who just isn't a smack talker you know we've seen him with someone like a floyd or nate and they can kind of rile each other up but then we have someone like habib that just wants to stay calm just kind of throw out that fight date and that's the role he's playing so um i personally think that connor did well in this press conference and i actually appreciated you know, um, the way he was throwing in proper whiskey and stuff. I mean, I think he still has that wit and timing there. And I found it pretty entertaining. I thought it, I actually couldn't help but crack up when he mentioned when Habib says I had to just sit on the bus. And he said, no, you shit on the bus and your jocks. I mean, you know, there there are moments that were just definitely very entertaining. Um, and and I don't know. I kind of I almost feel like Connor is a little bit more passionate about this fight and kind of has a little bit um, of real bad blood there because I almost feel like he is kind of um, not blaming Habib for all of the court drama and stuff because obviously it was his decision to fly out there and attack a bus. But it's all. I feel like that he kind of has a chip on his shoulder because even when he mentioned, you know, I'm still battling and going through all of these different cases and you know um, having to pay all but all sorts of fines. You almost see all this chip on his shoulder. And then he looked at Habib and saw a little bit of red. Um, so, so I, it got me excited, I guess, at least for this fight because I think that there is real tension and passion there.
1: So uh, okay. Uh- before we talk about more serious stuff again, you want to know the moment that had me rolling? What? He's up there and he's talking about having proper 12. And then he says, look, I didn't expect them to let me bring out my own whiskey, so let me show you. And he pulls out like the miniature bottle to <laughs> yeah. <put on> the- <laughs> And I was like, oh my god, this guy.
0: <laughs> and, and I, was I like- thought it was hilarious how he's like, bring me a cup and Dana's like, no. And He's like, no, I'm going to have my whiskey. And I just thought, oh, man, this is what other fighters and people are talking about when they say that Conor really, you know, can do whatever he wants. And the Dana White just kind of follows suit. It's like he kind of made him take a shot. I don't even know if Dana White wanted to have whiskey that, you know, in the afternoon. But I
1: think to me, it was like, (laughs) look, when you bring in millions, you can have your whiskey up here, too. You know, that's the thing I kind of add, but just like the way he pitched it, I genuinely do feel like that was his in case of emergency if he didn't get that bottle up there. And that had me cracking up. Uh, Kayla, the reason why I give it a B plus was because when I look at Connor Floyd, Connor Nate, even Connor Eddie, the way that you were able to push it over the top for historic numbers and all that was because you really have two personalities that get you engaged Uh to feel like, wow, well, you know what? Honestly, who is going to take it? I can't say I got that feeling from the Conor Habib talk. And yes, they're doing less than the others have. But I think for me, it's kind of like, well, it's the Conor show again. And as entertaining and fun and cool fighter as he is, There is still that, you know, what makes the drama is there's an A side and a B side. And I can't say that Habib got me invested in a possible upset. Yes, he could still do it easily. But if you're talking about getting in more people than usually watch for what could be the biggest event ever. I can't say that they got me over that hill to say I'm confident in that now. Maybe the Connor star power, I'm underestimating it and I shouldn't be, but that was just my opinion from it. So that's why I give it a B plus, not the A, which would be me saying, Oh yeah, they they really are gonna get after it. And maybe that's Habib's personality too, and just who he is, but that's just how it played out. Now, of course, Kayla, the whole reason they do this is because there's supposed to be a fight. Do you feel any differently about, you know. I guess, how they're going to perform if one guy is going to do better than the other. Do you feel any differently after watching this than you did, let's say, a week ago?
0: I mean, again, I feel like Connor just shows that he does his homework. He he mentioned at one point in the press conference what he saw in Habib's last performance, what he would need to... Improve on to just be able to stand toe to toe with Connor in the cage, or what he believes he should he should have worked on. Um, I don't know. I think that we all know it's it's a striker versus uh, someone who mauls you on the ground. I'm sure both men have added to their game, but I don't I don't think that this one is one of those ones where we're really conf- Or you know. I guess, uh, guessing on, on, on what the guy's game plans are. So I don't know if they would have been able to say anything in there. Um, unless they like announced that they were training with someone really intense, but I don't think that they could have said anything in there to make me feel, um, more excited or differently about what I'm going to see in the octagon.
1: For me personally, I feel that I got a little more confidence in Connor's preparation i think that he looked um he looked like a guy who's uh, you know for all the talk that he's genuinely going to go out there to try to damage and do some you know use his firepower now of course stylistically against habib that's going to be another can of worms but for myself there was a bit of that x factor like connor was it really for the money is it for a payday how do you really feel about it and He did convince me that, you know, he does want to get in there and really throw down. He is looking forward to doing damage and trying to put in work against Habib. That's Mm -hmm. not something I feel I was as confident in a month ago or even last week because of all the circumstances that he's had going on. Was he getting complacent? I think that he looked like a guy. He looked like the guy who was going to fight Nate Diaz again. And I think that says something. So, yeah, I do feel a little differently. Um, I can't say a mental edge was given. Uh, Habib wasn't phased by the trash talk. Connor wasn't phased by Habib's silence. There wasn't any mental edge, I think, to be gained there. And I don't know about you, but I also don't put as much stock in those as I used to. The only one I ever say where I thought I was sold was Dominic Cruz, Cody Garbrandt. I thought Dominic was in he wasn't just in cody garbrandt's head he owned it and had it in the, his bookcase cody obviously proved that wasn't the case so i don't weigh as much but my final point is that i do believe more in connor's preparation after watching how intense he was
0: well gee it's only le- or it's less than two weeks away
1: i know they told me my case of proper 12 is going to get here the Monday of fight week. So I'm happy about that. <laughs> so I'm probably going to have to go through like one bottle, just preparing my party, but still, do
0: you know a good DJ? I don't.
1: Oh man. I'm going to have to Google somebody. Wait, I think a no guy. <laughs> so that'll be cool. I think you'll like him. We'll have a lot of other stuff, some Cardi B and other stuff. <laughs> All right, but of course, you know, we can't get to that party just yet. But, Kayla, we said it. It is BBNE, Bellator's biggest night. And we have a historic one, Bellator 206. On Saturday, Gegard Mousasi versus Roy McDonald, title unifier. Well, you know, Rory's chance to become a double champ, not really a title unifier. But this one, I said it last week, easily the two best mixed martial artists who are proven, in my opinion, for Bellator, lots to break down, but what are your thoughts on the fight?
0: Yeah, I mean, this is a super fight. Both of these guys, oh my gosh, their resumes, um, they're just both so well-rounded. I, I'm i not going to – I mean, this this to me gets me excited like the Stipe versus DC because I just think that, again, you just have two guys that to me have really faced – tough competition, a variety of styles. They've continued to evolve as fighters. And I think that these two guys are still very much in their prime too. So, I mean, this is where you see, you see two superheroes fighting, you know, this is what we want in mixed martial arts. Um, And I think it's great because I think that both guys, though they've had, um, I think two each in Bellator to um, you know, performances yep. so far. Yep. Um, I think both of them really looked great and how that, that how they beat the champions, they beat tough guys. And um, you know, this is what Bellator was expecting when signing these guys is okay. We're going to, these two guys, the UFC might not still believe in them, but they, you know, we know that they still have a lot of talent here and skill. And um so yeah I, I watched both of their fights back this morning um i really think i know a lot of people are are talking about how gay guard does have the size we saw you know in their stare down their first stare down the size is there for sure but it's so hard to predict this one just because you know i think that it's going to be a matter of who's going to kind of dominate that clinch and 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 is the size really going to make a difference i think that Just like I brought up in the D.C. Stipe fight, sometimes size doesn't matter when you're that skilled of a fighter, when you have that sort of team that's, you know, training you um, to just prepare for these bigger guys. And I think that Rory McDonald is someone that um, is very capable of showing that the size won't won't play a factor in there. Um, I don't know, G, what are your first thoughts on the fight? And then I guess we can talk about more of our prediction for it. Yeah, you
1: know, I mean, like you said, uh, I, I think someone's been watching Avengers without me, which disappoints me with superheroes <laughs> fighting. But um, yeah, you know, this one, I'm so excited for it for a lot of the same reasons. To me, the thing about it really is um, the styles. I think that Rory at 170, no, he's not a Tyrone Woodley, a Darren Till. Like, he looks to be carrying, like, this massive amount of muscle but he is deceptively strong. I think that's just very apparent in his fights that guys don't expect him to hit him as hard as he does and to muscle them the way that he's able to. Can he do that at 185 is the question because I feel like stylistically, Rory isn't a high-output kind of guy. He tends to really just kind of use his size and pick you apart. I can't say that you could execute that against a guy like Gegard Musasi, which is the big question is Gegard going to be able to kind of move him around the way he's used to other people? I think that on a technical level, Rory knows how to defend a ton of positions. He knows how to defend himself on the feet. He's a very complete fighter. So I think if you're Gegard Musasi, you might have to take a few risks to get in there and use your physicality, use your striking. Or if you really want to drag him down and you might have to work a little harder to hold him there. Mm -hmm. That being said... We saw it against Rafael Carvalho. Carvalho is a guy who has not lost in a while, who can hurt you with just one shot. And Gegard made it look easy against him. You have to respect that just, you know, they're both two guys who don't look like they should be as strong as they are. Mm -hmm. But they really are two top five talents in their respective weight classes. Overall, not just Bellator, not just UFC, Worldwide they are two of the top middleweights and welterweights respectively and I think that's why this is such an intriguing fight is that will Rory use his speed will he be able to implement it for Gegard how does he change it to take on somebody significantly different in size compared to himself and Rory also but Kayla as always someone does have to win this thing Um, what are your thoughts on how it's going to go
0: um, I mean, this is what's hard because we're discussing Monday, and obviously all fight week we'll get a little bit um, more in depth with where where both men are at. True. Right now, I'm thinking just after watching you know their fights this morning, I actually think that Gegard might be able to put that pressure on Rory. Um, and I think that, though I think like you said, Rory has all the tools to defend – just the way that Musasi was able to, um, like you said, make it look easy with Cavallo and the, and, and someone who had been dominant for a while. I think that if he does get it into the clinch does get it. And even on the ground, I think that that's where Gay is just skilled enough to, and, and, and like you said, has the strength that, um, that he'll be able to, to get a win on Rory. So I think that, Right now, I think that Guards' size um, and just aggressive aggression will get the win early on, like maybe in, I want to say maybe in, maybe like the third is what I'm predicting. I don't think that I'm going to see this go to championship rounds
1: oh man i'm I'm not i think that okay i'll tell you what i feel like this might be the first time in so long that i'm predicting the exact opposite Mm -hmm. i actually see rory mcdonald possibly prevailing in a five-round battle um i think that uh the thing about rory that i feel a lot of people sleep on and maybe you know i'll be proven wrong when saturday before saturday night is over is that he is very durable. I can't say I remember seeing him, you know, I think only Robbie and uh, Carlos Condit way back, like almost 10 years ago now, have been the only guys to really finish him inside the cage, if I'm not mistaken. So really, he is a guy who's been in there. He is a very tough guy to put away. And I think that that youth, I think you got to give him the credit he deserves. He is a guy who has... A lot of skills, and I just believe in his preparation. I think that he uses more weapons than Gegard, and I think that he's going to be prepared, like GSP against Bisping, to, you know, deal with this extra weight. You know that he's talked to St. Pierre about how to deal with moving up, how to deal with the size, what to do. on a, You know, the little stuff that really makes a difference, I feel like he's going to be prepared for. That being said, Gegard Musasi isn't a guy who goes away. I don't expect him to either. But I think Rory's just going to get a little more done in the right positions to win a decision, in my opinion. So that's the one thing. Of course, like I said, anything can happen. Um, I Look, if, Rory, if Gegard does what you say, you can't really say you're surprised. But I feel like it's going to be Rory McDonald's coming out party. But All right, um let me ask you a question do you take any stock into the fact that rory already knows he's got to fight john fitch in the welterweight grand prix do i what do you take any stock into the fact that rory's already scheduled to be in the um welterweight grand prix
0: oh yes we have to discuss that yeah he says that he's technically training for two fights um (laughs) Yeah, I mean, and that's what's, that's what's going to be an interesting factor too, G, is, um, I don't know, to me that's so cool that you're training for two different styles, or if you are, if that's how he trains and, and prepares, but um, yeah, is that going to be more of a motivation of like, hey, I don't want to lose my title, you know, before I even start this welterweight Grand Prix? Um, I, I think that that's definitely going to come into play to either show us how level-headed and how skilled uh, a Rory McDonald is and where his composure is as a champ or where it isn't.
1: Yeah, I mean, for me, uh, I think Rory just is hungry, and I think that's what we're seeing. He's hungry like Anthony Rumble Johnson at heavyweight hungry, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, it's just... Uh, uh, I think that's just it, but um, yeah, I, I because John Fitch is primar- prim- primarily a grappler, I kind of see a lot of the training kind of uh, crossing over. You know, you're ready for a guy in Gagod who's also probably going to look to take you down. So I'm not, he's not like, oh, let me just focus on John Fitch the whole time. So I think that it's just, you know, Rory is just trying to make history now that he's got an opportunity in Bellator. I think that's That's what it is. I don't see him being unfocused at all, though, just because he knows John Fitch will be down the line. But that's not the only fight, Kayla. We also have this one. I can't say I'm as excited, but it is two of my favorite names in mixed martial arts, Quinton Rampage Jackson and Vanderlei Silva. Kayla, to give away my age a little bit, I always say this. The first MMA fight I ever saw was Rampage against Chuck Liddell. And I have told him this in person before that, you know, if I hadn't seen you, I probably wouldn't be into mixed martial arts. And I bring up that story because it has been 10 years ish since they last fought in the <sighs> UFC. Um, both of them are, you know, I think it's safe to say they are very close to the end of the career. You know, you could argue they could make that decision right now and it would be warranted. So there's a lot of, to talk about, but they are two guys with a historic rivalry who are gonna stand in front of each other. What are your thoughts on the fight?
0: Yeah, I mean it is interesting that we're seeing this played back for a fourth time, and that fans aren't mad about it. I feel like more people are mad about um, another name he just dropped off in a, in a Chuck and Tito uh, playback. But yep, I think that you know both guys in their last couple of, um, um, fights have shown that, I mean, they didn't, they didn't look terrible in their last fights. I think that they still looked like they have a little bit of fight left in them. The passion's still there. I think that they both spoke really well, still selling the fight. Um, and then I think because they have a history of actually finishing each other. Um, it's not like, you know, it just was a bunch of decision, um, wins in their last couple of fights, that, you know, people don't mind seeing these two gl- guys who are powerhouses play it back for a fourth time. Um, and then I think, you know, of course, it being added to this super fight too to have two legends of the sport. This is what Bellator was intending to do with signing these, um, you know, free agents, they were also signing these legends to do that heavyweight Grand Prix and then have these, um, matchups like this. So, um, yeah, I think that it's entertaining. I actually saw Rampage Jackson recently at a charity event. Um, he seems to be in good shape. He, um, I spoke with him briefly and he said, you know, he's training with, with different people and, and feels good at this, um, heavier weight. And, I don't know, maybe just because I've only been able to chat with him and not, uh, you know, Vanderlei, I kind of feel like I'm siding more with the Rampage Jackson. I think just based off of their fights with Chael, I think he kind of just showed um, a little bit more uh, in his skill set at that weight and feeling more comfortable there. And then hearing from people who recently fought him saying that he still hits like you're being hit by a semi truck um I just I guess I just feel a little bit more confident in his skill set and not as confident in Silva's chin
1: yeah I think that's the thing to me I think that um Rampage is just a bigger athlete that being said I think what helped Vanderlei for so long like it did like it does for every fighter I'll make the note and um you know just every competitor or that Vanderlei fought Vanderlei, back in the day, he could take a hit and he'd just keep swarming you. That's just the kind of killer he was coming out of shoot box and everything. Now, you know, in recent years, is he still that guy? I really can't say I'm confident in that. I can't say I'm confident than him taking a hit from Rampage and then trying to swarm forward with punches, try to set up the Muay Thai plum and do damage the way he did years ago. I just don't see Vanderlei being that durable, and I think that's going to be the real key. Um, Rampage, people kind of figured him out. That being said, he still plants his feet and throws with bombs. He still does damage. I'd say he's still durable. He's not going down after being hit. He still has a very, you know, trusty chin. So I think that all that goes in favor of Rampage. I just feel like he's got more miles in the tank. I think he's got less miles on the car. All of that is going to play out when these guys are the age they are in this kind of style of fight. And I think that just really favors Rampage over Vanderlei. Um, Vanderlei, he has the benefit that Rampage isn't going to look to take him down. That being said, I think that he still has the same issues he's always had against him. I think he gives up a little bit in the height and the reach. So he's going to have to take risks, probably eat a few shots to close the distance. And that could be the real factor is how successful is he in doing that? It's not impossible, but I think that he's just got a little more uphill to take on in a fight with Rampage at this stage. So I got to go with Mr. Jackson on this one. I see, um, I I think he's going to catch him in the first round, not, You know, for anything else other than the fact that he's well prepared and he he knows what who Vanderlei is as a fighter. I think he knows his tendencies, and I think Rampage is just going to catch him with that big shot on the chin that would take out anybody.
0: Yeah, I'm seeing it for an an earlier finish for Jackson too. Which round did you say? I'm looking at the end of the first. Okay.
1: Similar to their first fight, or sorry, their third fight in UFC. All
0: right. Um. Yeah, I'm thinking first or second, too. But I think the first.
1: Yeah, it's just um, it's just timing. I think that's what it's going to come down to more than really just physicality on that one. But, yeah, look, it's two guys who are going to stand and bang. I think it's a fun way to pump fans up for the main event. So I'm good with it. And then, of course, Kayla, there's a lot of fun stuff going on. We have um, Aaron Pico. Coming up mm-hmm. once again, just looking to continue team body shop. He's taking on Leandro Higo, former title challenger. Big step up for Aaron. That's a fun fight. Obviously, Douglas Lima, Andre Koreshkov in the welterweight Grand Prix getting started. So there's a lot of things to be excited about for this one. Um, I'll toss it to you. Just final thoughts as we head into this fight weekend.
0: You mean the BBNE? Exactly. <laughs> Um. Yeah. I mean, it's to me, it's a super fight, uh, in, with Gegard and Rory, and it's a super fight card that they've built up for it. Um, I'm excited about Friday. We have a fun event that we'll be heading to on Friday, so it's gonna be a busy weekend per usual. But um, yeah, I think we'll have a lot to discuss next week because we know that the Connor and Habib fight will be following next. So I'm excited.
1: Yeah, I know. I get exhausted just thinking about all that. I mean, yeah, look, obviously look out for us. I'm sure you and I are going to be doing a ton of content talking about Conor Habib. We obviously, you know, this is our Super Bowl of the year, so we're excited for it. And then this week, we're going to be at Combate Americas. So definitely just be on the lookout. We always try to have the best stuff. Kayla, this might be my favorite Monday on the show. Thank you for all the love. Where can they find you on social media to talk about all of these amazing fights coming up?
0: Fans can find me at fangirl underscore MMA. Where can they find you? Fans, you can
1: find me all the time at Double G on TV. Just spell out the word double and we'll be back next week.